Welcome to the anointed and transformational teaching ministry of Pastor Wale Akinshiku, Senior Pastor of House of Praise Mississauga, Canada, a parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. It is our prayer that as you listen to this message, that you will be empowered to achieve your dreams and fulfill your destiny. God bless you as you listen. Indebted God. It's a strange title. I, 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 I understand it. But like I said, it is someone of reflection. Because Psalm 48 verse 9, let's look at it quickly. Psalm 48 and the ninth verse said, We have taught, O God, on your loving kindness in the midst of your temple. We did thinking about it. So a sermon of reflection is a sermon that forces you to take some time out and think. And think about something. Certain things about God. Certain actions of God in your life and in my life. Are you ready for it today? Mm-hmm. The rest of the people are afraid. Indebted to God. First, let's look at a principle in the Bible, and it's a law. Second Samuel chapter 4, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 7. When the woman came to Elisha, the woman said, You know what, I'm going and so on and so forth. And Elisha, the miracle happened. And Elisha said, Elisha said, Go and pay your debts and then live on the rest. What we have is that we have many of us as Christians. Our tendency, yourself and myself, remember this was the word God gave me, our tendency is to want to live on the rest. What is the next thing to do? What's the next thing to do? Where's the next place I'm going? What's my next level? We always want to live on the rest without paying our debts. But the principle in the Bible is that you can't live on the rest until you first pay your debts. So what are we owing then? The Bible says you owe no man anything. Oh, no man, anything except to love him. So we don't own man. That's not what we're talking about. We're owing God. Okay? Not financially, of course. We cannot repay God. But we owe God thanks. Somebody say thanks. All right. So we get to this in a few minutes. In the book of Luke, chapter 7, Luke, chapter 7, the gospel I can understand, Luke, chapter 7, from the 36th verse to the 43rd verse. Luke 7, 36 to 43. This is a very important story, very familiar story. And I'd like you to pay attention as we look at a couple of things in there and we get into what we want to do. One of the Pharisees asked him, and him there is Jesus, to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. A woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table, in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, stood at his feet behind him, weeping. She began to wash his feet with her tears, wiped them with her hair on her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee, who had invited Jesus, right, saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, this man, if you were a prophet, will know who and what manner of a woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Jesus answered and said to him, that's speaking to the Pharisee now, Simon, this is the Pharisee now, that invited Jesus, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other one owed 50 denarii. And when they had nothing to which to repay, nothing to which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? And this is where God blew my mind. Which of them will love him more? Please understand this. To whom much is given, much is required. The word required there in Luke twenty-two forty-eight is the word demanded. To whom much is given, much is demanded. Much is required. If you go to the bank and get a mortgage of $200,000, something was given to you by the bank. Your mortgage payment every month, let's assume, I'm just assuming, let's say it's $2,000, just to use round figures for illustration. But someone just goes and gets a mortgage of a million dollars, 
much has been given to that person. Guess what? The person can say, well, my neighbor, my friend, I have a friend that came to this same bank and, and his mortgage is $2,000. Yeah, but what they gave you is more than what they gave him. Are you hearing me now? To whom much is given, much is required, demanded. The woman was very generous. This woman in this story was very generous with her love, the expression of her love, extravagant praise and worship to God. And Jesus commended her. Luke chapter 7, verse 37 to 38. It's important to know that we are all indebted to God. We are all what? Please, let's say, say it again, please. We are all what? We are all indebted to God because we are all forgiven by God. This story here specifically is talking about forgiveness and how people come to appreciate God for what God has done. But the principle comes across every area of life. God forgave every of them. He said they had nothing to repay. They had nothing to repay. Verse 41, verse 42. They had nothing to repay. Nothing to repay. You and I had nothing we could have done to have been redeemed. We had nothing we could have done. We were so lost, it was bad. You know, and somebody might say, well, you know, I wasn't that lost and all of that. You know, let me say this to you. It's not about how far you went before God saved you. It's about your own appreciation and comprehension of how close you were to hell before he saved you. Is anybody still in the house? We're all being forgiven by God. But we don't all respond to God in gratitude the same way. Please follow me this morning. Why? Why don't we all respond the same way? Now, it's interesting in this story that the Pharisee invited Jesus. Jesus went to the house of the Pharisee. Jesus did not go to the house of the woman. Jesus went to the house of the Pharisee, but the woman went and sought Jesus out. Jesus went to the house of the Pharisee, and the Pharisee could not appreciate the person that was sitting in front of him. Even if you're not going to thank me for everything, thank me that I came. Thank me that I'm sitting in front of you. And God is sitting in front of this Pharisee, and the, woman, the man did not even appreciate it. But the woman said, I've heard about that yet. Does anybody know where the teacher is? Does anybody know where Jesus is? He said, well, somebody said, well, I know he went through across that street somewhere. The woman kept on going and asking. He would see some people and ask again, do you know where Jesus is? No, I don't know where Jesus is. I don't know where he's gone. Where's Jesus? I need to find this man. Where's Jesus? She carried the alabaster back from home. So it wasn't a spontaneous thing. She was determined. Then she got there. She said, ah, finally. She said, oh, he's in the house of someone. She said, okay, it's all right. Got there and interrupted that meeting. God will always interrupt his meeting with somebody that is ungrateful for somebody that is grateful. And Jesus allowed the woman to interrupt the meeting with, with the Pharisee. The Pharisee, of course, you can see, was irritated. Why? If this Jesus knows what kind of a woman this is, he will have done something. No, Jesus allowed the woman to interrupt your meeting because you were not grateful. Because of our super official appreciation of what God has done. Satan is working over time to see to it that we Christians lack appreciable appreciation of God and the acts of God in our lives. So, for today, because this is going to be brief, let's look at four important things God has done for you and for me. Everybody here today and everybody under the authority of my voice, you are partakers of these four things. Just like I am partakers of these four things. Now, the way we respond is dependent on our understanding and appreciation of these four things that God has done for us. Every one of us, you that you are here, you that you are watching at home, you that you are watching, okay, you, these four things have happened in your life. The first one, what God has done for us, redemption. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, 
according to the, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Because we now live in a world whereby we don't value salvation again. We don't value redemption again. You know, many, many years ago, when I got born again, we used to gather as brothers and sisters sometimes and just thank God and celebrate God for the salvation of our soul. We had so many songs to sing, you know, just to thank God that we are saved. Many, many songs to sing, just to thank God I'm born again. Thank God I'm born again. To be born again is a big, big, big deal of the biggest deal. Does anybody understand what I've just said? <laughs> you know, today now, you know, for some people, to be born again is a fad. For some people, it's just, what about me? You are going to church and so. They don't consider it to be a big deal anymore. To be born again, to be redeemed, and it has many implications, and I don't want to uh, go into the whole depth of what it means to be born again or the new birth experience. Uh, some other time, we'll have time to do a summary of instruction. But it's important we note that one key thing it means that the Bible talks about is that our names are written in the book of life, not in the book of death. We have been saved from death to life. We, you and I, there's one place you and I will not go to right now. There's one side of God we will not see again forever because we're born again. We are not going to face the Jesus that will sit on the white throne judgment seat. The white throne judgment, we're not going to go there. That Jesus, you don't want to see that Jesus. There's no mercy there. On the white throne judgment, you and I today, we, stand, we will stand before him at his judgment seat to judge what we did, the works we did in this body, but not to decide heaven or earth, heaven or hell. The white throne judgment decides heaven or hell. And you know, we don't appreciate this. It, listen, listen. As a Christian once in a while, for you to appreciate hell, intentionally burn your finger. Just, ah! Do you appreciate hell? You know, that ah you did for one second. Now, think of it. If it's eternity, it just keeps going. And the fire is not like the fire of gas. That fire is not a, it's not a, and it's completely dark. You can't even see. They're just hearing screaming and shouting. Look, read the Bible, and you see. The Bible calls it the place of torment. You know, it's so bad that somebody was going to ask a question, ask for a gift while he was in the place of torment. Guess what he asked for? Put your finger in water and come and drop, put a drop on my tongue. That's how low expectations have become. That's how people have come to value a drop of water. Tells you how tormented people can be in that place. And that's what God saves you and I from. That's what God saved you and I from. That's what God saved you and I from. You know, someone said, well, you know, I, I, Pastor, I was not really, I wasn't as bad as you. I've heard your story. You were bad. But I wasn't as kind of anything close to bad. I was, I've always been a good person. And then, you know, naturally I went to church and naturally then I got born again. It's true. But while you were in that state of being a good person, but not a saved person, if you had died when you were a good person, but not a cleansed person by the blood, you would still have ended up in this place where people like Hitler had ended up if he did not give his life. It's just not the truth. That's the Bible. If you don't believe that, then you don't believe in the Bible. Do you know that as a Christian, if you don't believe in heaven and hell, you're not a Christian? You have to believe in it. Oh, someone said, this is the what I want to hear this morning. Just wait. <laughs> you, you, listen to me. You see, God is not impressed by the number of prayer points we bring to him until, until you appreciate the depth of what he has already done. Do you know, you know, when, I was when God gave me this and I was reflecting on the love of God, what it means for God to become a man. The psalmist looked at the summary of what God has done and the psalmist said, I'm confused. What is man? What is man that you're mindful of him? And one of the ways God explained it to me, just in my own small little understanding, God said to me, you know, um, the Holy Spirit in my time of reflection with, 
you know, under his grace. Minister to me. That think of a primary school, primary, primary, what they call primary school, you know, in Nigeria, you know, and think of a very bad one in the village, your dad's village. Okay? Now, you have lived, you've lived, I've lived in the Western world now since 1994. So that's February next year, it will be 28 years I've lived in the Western world, more than half of my life here on earth. So imagine you now with everything you have here, everything that's going on in Canada, your house here in Canada, the small little house you have here in Canada, the comfort level, leaving everything behind to now go to primary one. In the primary school that is completely run down, where the children sit on the floor, concrete floor, you know, some of them have torn clothes, and go and sit down there, and the teacher is probably just about 21-year-old, 23-year-old girl. And you now go and sit down there in that primary school, wearing torn clothes, sit on the floor, because you love children. After I sit down there, some of one is poking you, another one is poking you there. Then the teacher comes in, you know, like we used to do when I was in school. I know you didn't go to school as bad as mine. But when we used to do one way, when I was in school, when the teacher comes in, everybody rises up. Good morning, Mrs. Something, or whatever the name of the teacher is, you know. You all greet the teacher together at once. You know, then you stand up, you greet the woman. You know, even as God was telling me, I was feeling angry already. I was already feeling angry. That, then the 20-something-year-old says, who is this tall... See, your, why is your screen from? Why is your belt this way? Turn this way, turn that way. Or they say the whole class is making noise and then they're going to whip everybody in the class, which they used to do in, in Africa. At one point, after doing it, maybe on Monday, I might be excited that it's a new adventure. By Tuesday, I would want to let the teacher know that, you know, I'm just here because I love children. It's an experiment just to kind of like you know, treat me gently. In Canada, I'm a big man. Oh. Don't try me here, you know. You know, but you know, Jesus never mentioned it once. You know, people said all manners of things about him. I, I felt I would have corrected people at one point. I would have said some things. I would have said some things that would have given me a way. Ah, ah, I can't handle this. I can't handle it. I would have, at one point, uh, people were pushing him. And, you know, you got to the courtyard of Pilate. Somebody came. You know, and you know, there's some oversyllabus people. Somebody came and just pulled his beard. Pow! Ah! And that man just came and gave him a slap. I would have held his hand. And say, if not for what Adam did, you give me a slap. That hand. Then he got to the cross. Two rascals. One of the, the particular one on the left hand started telling him stuff. Okay, if you, your claim is true, do I don't do this? No, I'll have done something. I'll have tell you, intestine, come out. His intestines will have come out. And I said, okay, next time go back. Do you see now? There's no way I would not have done something. You know, my body cannot take it. If in this story I said, I will have gone to the teacher and talking to the teacher and said, you know what, I'm just here for just to let you know that in Canada, things is not that. I was just giving her some US dollars. So she can start treating me specially. I said, don't sit on the floor. But Jesus, God never did that because of the love he has for man. What is man? That you are mindful of him. God saved you. God saved me. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Today you can pray. Oh, you can pray. Oh, you can protect yourself. Oh, you have wisdom. You can push back on devils. You can bind devils. Push back on the action. You claim today that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Oh, great. But when you were, before you became a Christian, what about when you were very young? God saved you with all the witches in your family. All the wizards. All the people that didn't like you. You know, I was speaking to my dad some Sometimes ago, some weeks ago, he had to travel <laughs> and be with precious family. <laughs> and um, you know, I said, you know, he said, oh, yeah, he said, you know, he was telling me different stories, and he said, you know, you remember? And that, that really got me thinking. He said, you know, when you were born, after a while, he said, when I took you to meet my dad, I'm to meet my grandfather now, okay, his dad. He said, his, grand, his dad, my grandfather, was so excited to see you. That, and my, my grandfather was incidentally going to the village. Now, please don't make fun of me and, you know, my family story. But he was excited to go to the village. He said, so he had sent 
emissaries to the village to tell them you know, where the farm is and everything, that he's coming and he's bringing his son, his, his grandson. And I'm not, I'm not the only, I mean, he has many children, many grandsons before me. He said he's bringing his son. Okay. So they had to paint the houses in the village. So, you see, that act alone is an act to put a mark on your back for which is to eat you up. And the people in that place, they don't, these are not Harry Potter movies. They don't play. These people just look at you, you are dead. You are dead. And you know, I went into, me and I did not know anything. I didn't quote any scripture. I was just a little baby. And all of them will have come to you. And my dad told me that I used to have a lot of hair. <laughs> true, true. I saw pictures. I was surprised myself. <laughs> I used to have a lot of hair. And some of them will have come. Touch your head, hey, baby. People that their hands is loaded with demons. Touch your head, hey, baby. And you didn't go mad. I didn't go mad. God, protection. Do you understand what I've just said? <laughs> Number two, why? What are the important things God has done for us? Rescue. Rescued us from danger. Daniel chapter 6, verse 26 to 27. Daniel chapter 6, verse 26 to 27. Nebuchadnezzar was speaking. He said, I make a decree in every dominion of my kingdom. Men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. Why? He's the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one that will not be destroyed and his dominion will endure to the end. Now look at this now. He delivers. He delivers. And rescues. Is there anybody here that can genuinely say God has rescued them in the last two, three years? I said genuinely, not automatically. You can genuinely say God rescued in the last two or three years. He delivers, he rescues. Do you know how many things God has rescued you for? The one you saw that God rescued you from, friends, is just so that you can have a little bit of understanding of the ones you did not see. What God has rescued you from, rescued me from, is incredible. Some in the, in the year, I think it's 19, 2019, 2019, yeah, 2019, you know, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, called me. I said, hey, Pastor Wally, uh, if a friend of his, who is a pastor, very seasoned, very wonderful man, great man of God, very, very spiritual man of God, is in town. And I just, it feels the man is going to be a blessing to us. I just want to bring the man to come and say hello to me, and that you uh, would like me to bring the man to this building. This building was under construction just for the man to see the building and for the man to pray over the building. He felt that it was going to be a blessing. So I said, oh, why not? Praise God. The man is also a man of God, senior pastor in the Redeemed Christian Church of God, you know, minister to the general seer. I said, awesome, let him come. So he, just, so he called me. So the man came to my, to my office and had a chat with him. So I brought him to the building. So myself, this great man of God, my friend that you know, introduced me to him, and um, then one of my daughters in the house, you know, that's in charge of our administration running our office, um, Bola, she followed us. Four of us were here. So when the man got into this place, you know, empty warehouse, the man was excited. He started praying. He was excited. just started praying. All of a sudden, he started praying, praying. So I was praying too. My friend was also praying, you know, singing, praying. He was excited. Then at one point, he walked back and forth, and he, come, he came back, and he looked at me, and he said, Pastor Wally, this was 2019. He said, Pastor Wally, he said, be very thankful to God. I said, oh, yes, sir. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I said, oh, yes, sir. Praise God, yes, sir. I thought he was talking about maybe the building. That's what I assumed. The next thing he said, he said, the enemy has been trying to kill you for a long time. They've not been able to get you. This man said that my good friend here in Canada was there. He said they've not been able to get you. He said since you were a baby, they've been trying, trying, trying to kill you. He said if you know how many meetings have been held to terminate your life, he said you'll be shocked. This man was 
practically meeting me for the first time and started telling me all of that. You know, I took what he said. I was serious about it. I, you know, thank God for that word. Prayed, uh, you know, sowed the seed, and I left, left it. You know, then until the spirit of death visited me. Literally visited me. Friends, you don't know what God has rescued you from. You're sitting here today, this morning. You don't know the battle that will won over your life in the middle of the night. Some of us wake up tomorrow, this morning we came here, sat down, or you started your car this morning, your car did not start. Oh God, this is what I'm saying. I prayed for this, not to change this car. For God to do this, for God to do not do this car, and God is saying to you, God, do you know how many years I've added to your life? Do you know what happened overnight that I added years to your life? Do you know the time when you were captured and mercy said no? <laughs> mercy said no. Sir, people that are stronger than you, people that are bigger than you, people that are deeper than you in spiritual things, people that are more spiritual than you, they're gone. People that are more prayerful, prayerful than me, People that when they speak in tongues, you keep quiet. When you hear the tongues, you're still saying shika. Shika. Like you're sneezing once in a while. Shika. The person is not shika. People that when they open their mouth and they talk, even angels are like, huh? But God rescued you. The accident you were about to have that you did not have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the accident you were about to have, and you had a little bit of it, and you were complaining. But God just saved you from something very major. Major. Something very major that He saved you from. You were walking in your house one day, maybe you slipped. You said, Oh, these children, I've told them to, start, to keep on cleaning this floor. They keep on putting water on this floor. Look at now, they hurt my leg. It could have been a lot worse than leg. So look at me, now, I'm limping. I'm limping. You just say, Mom is so sorry. Say, get, 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 get over here. Look at this. this, this. And that is, I wanted to go out. Now I couldn't go out. See what you've done now. Now I have to stay at home for two days. You'd be better be thanking God. Something was set in motion, perhaps, for you as you go out. So God said, And since you will not be in a place where you can hear God to stay in, God said, Okay, let's package this man to be inside the house for the next 48 hours so that you will not go out. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. <laughs> Friends, we have all benefited from rescue. Rescue, sir. Rescue. God has rescued you. God has, do you know how many times God has rescued your children from pedophiles? Dangerous pedophiles like Al Kelly. Like Jeffrey Epstein. There are pissing. That's what Al Kelly does. I mean, he's been convicted, I can say it. He's been convicted in the court of law. So it can be said, he's a convicted criminal now. He's not an accused, he's convicted. And he's found guilty. And, you know, they're pacing around school, around the schools, your children, and trying to offer them something that is interesting. A 14 year old girl, Jeffrey Empstein, was, was hearing this story. What he did, girl that just lost her parents. Girl was just looking for somebody to help her with school. And the girl got into his trap. And the woman that was his agent was telling the 14-year-old girl, Jeffrey, we need sex three times a day to a 14-year-old girl. Is it like one of your children captured? Children of elites are captured. Children of rich people are captured. Children of people that are not rich are captured. Your children are in boarding school and they come back home and they're sane. <laughs> you don't even understand. I'm telling you, you don't even understand. We take a lot of things for granted. Take a lot of things for Recently, I was just reading two days ago, the most famous football academy in the world, the Barcelona Soccer Academy, called La Masia, in Spain, most famous because, of course, the best player in the world came out of it, Lionel Messi and all of that. I also said that the, the guy that was in charge of the young people there, 
in Spain right now, he's just been accused and is in court because of pedophilic activities. Young boys that are age seven, age eight, age nine that are playing soccer, then they will not enter their dressing room and be asking for things. What about all the people that went to Catholic school that I fought my dad I wanted to go to? They would have turned my head. I couldn't get into the Catholic school. You know? And then they were abused. I watched one particular movie called October 1st. And I, I just, I said to myself, God, this can happen. Somebody had been molesting somebody. There was one man, when I was growing up, he, had, he was a, um, a friend of my uncle that had gone to school together, sat beside each other when they were in secondary school, in high school. And this man has now become a top guy in the country of Nigeria then. Top guy at the level of being a federal minister. Very top guy. So one day, and I happened to have gone to school with his son. I went to primary school with his son. You know, I went to university with his son. I did youth service with his son. And in youth service, our dormitory, it wasn't a room, dormitory. We were in the same dormitory. So I was friends with his son. So his friend was talking, his son was telling me about, you know, he was, was about to travel and all of that. I just got out of school. I wanted to travel out of the country too. So I told him, he said, oh, no, no, no. So I was thinking, he was going to just take me, I would just talk to his dad, and his dad was just going to help me out. I was thinking I didn't voice it out. But as, along the line, of course, I came out of school, I got this job, I got Swing Clam Bijam, and Swing Clam Bijam sponsored me to go out of the country for training, then I came back, then I went out again. But listen, later on I found out, the man is such a deep occultist, that it kept on inviting his perhaps own son, that was my friend, to join the occult, and the boy refused. And, it, and of course, only God knows what he did. The boy became so poor, he started borrowing money. He had no job. And this boy is a lawyer. This man is one of the richest men in the country of Nigeria. It will have been me. It will have been me. Since his son said he will not join, he will just replace his son with me and put me there. But now I will have been wearing one red flowing gown. Doing <laughs> shukutu 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 in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. What kind of a lifestyle of life lived? I'll have given my whole life, my whole children, everything to occultism. Because he wanted to travel out. God saved me. And I did not like it then. I felt it was God saved me from that. Do you know how many things you have eaten and you did not die? There are many people that are surprised you are alive this morning. Because what they gave you, they didn't expect it to be alive. I don't know if anybody is reflecting. You know, I'm kind of like very, very careful. Actually, Pastor, I'm very careful. All right, you're very careful of occultists. What about Salmonella? Salmonella is not a demon. All right, E. coli. It's not a demon, though it sounds like a demon, but it's not a demon. It's a bacteria. All right, E. coli. Could have killed you. What about the yogurt you took, the salad you took, the cold food you took, the sushi you went to eat with your friends? Who knew what happened? Food poisoning. But God saved your life. I said, God saved your life. <laughs> number three, number one, redeemed. Number two, rescued. Number three, what you have received from God. John chapter 3, verse 27 says, A man can receive nothing except it has been given to him from, from heaven. Friends, if not for open heavens, that God, I'm not talking of open heavens program now. I'm saying that the heavens over your personal life and family is open. If not for that, you won't receive what you've received. If not for open heavens, you won't receive what you've received. God Almighty, whatever you have received, in the kingdom of God, technically, theologically speaking, in the kingdom of God, there is no achievement. People receive things by the grace of God. What about all the things you have received? So I said, well, <clears throat> Pastor, you know, when all my friends were being kind of like very lazy, I applied myself, I went to school, and it is true. But it's just not the whole truth. It's not the whole story. It's true. You did that. I applied myself, I went to school, I did this, I did that, 
you know, I diversified, I was flexible, I invested early, I was disciplined. It's true. You're not wrong. You did all of that. But even what you did was by the grace of God. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? What about the things you have received? You know, what about all the things you have received? What, okay, even if you have talent, you use talent, what about opportunities you did not create yourself that came your way, that God created for you? You met a friend, you saw something on LinkedIn, and you said, mm, okay, let me just apply. And all of a sudden, it became a life opportunity. What about the people in life that God connected you with? All the things you have received. Someone said, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like a very good guy. That's why I have a good home. What if you are good and your wife is not good? You haven't seen troublesome women. The reason why you have peace and your mustache is straight is because your wife allowed you. Can we talk, guys? Can we reflect a little bit? What if you were shaving in the morning? Why is this? Your wife comes into the, into the washroom and says, Here you are again. By the time the gives you, you will have cut off half of your mustache. You, you look at yourself in your mirror, you're upset. These things are real. I've met, I've seen troublesome women. No? I've seen troublesome women. <laughs> I've seen two women that were fighting. One told me her story. I said, what? Please tell me the person to see me. Second person came, saw, told me the story. I, I cannot believe this. I said, okay, you know what? Both of you come together. True life story. As a young pastor, you know, as a young pastor, you do a lot of things. I, I, I did not know. But I then sat in my office. This one went this way. This one went that way. This one went this way. This one went that way. After about 10 minutes, I had a headache that, that Tylenol 3 cannot kill. I had so much headache. I've seen two women fighting over a man. Both of, both of them and the man sat in my office. I'm not joking, though. This is a true life story. I've seen things. As a pastor, the two women and the man sat in my office. I said, let's say a word of prayer. We said a word of prayer. Then I was trying to resolve. I was trying to resolve a normal issue. They didn't tell me the deeper issue. It was along the line that one of them now said, that's how you went. This one said, that's how. Hey, hey, hey don't start that. Don't start that now. This was, I, was, I was like, Jerry Stringer. I was just looking at them. <laughs> and these are people that look prim and proper on the Sunday morning. Okay, where was he on this date? Tell me, where was he on this date? You see this ring? He was the one that gave me this ring. I said, huh? 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 As a young pastor, they almost cut out my head. <laughs> All the things you have received, friends, is God that gave them to you. Do you really believe that? The house you're living in now, the house I'm living in now, the car you're driving that you're cursing that car from your house to church, what have you? You think that, oh, your mates have moved more than you, your mates have gone, everywhere's gone. I'm like the one that is left behind. <clears throat> Let's be careful. Because what we call left behind sometimes might be a blessing. Might be a big blessing. When all my friends were asking me then, you know, was Topsy, was he a British citizen? I, you know, because I said, no, she's Nigerian. And they, I, they said, wow, how are you going to do it? You know, because they thought living in England was the only thing. You know, it was like, how was I ever gone? It was like I was left behind, which we were, seemingly. But destiny was not in that place. What looked as a bad thing then, with benefit of hindsight now, was the perfect solution from God. Is anybody still in this house? The job you received, everything you have in your life, is God that gave them to you. You know, <laughs> Dr. Ben Carson, Benjamin Carson, came to House of Praise, uh, we hosted him for a program in the year 2010. And when he came, you know, he's a brain surgeon. He, for the first, I think, 10 minutes of his speech, he said he wanted to tell us, he told us to do an exercise, a simple exercise. I think he said, maybe talking or saying something, or ask us the question. Then we answered. He now said he wanted to tell us what took place in our brain for that thing to happen. 
he spent about three minutes just going on from one receptor to another receptor, from one organ to another organ, just mentioning different, different names of different strange, strange things that sounded like demons. And said so those things were in our brain and those chemicals were moving for us to be able to do the simple thing he just said. Do you know that if that one, one of those processes is out of work, you will know how to put on your clothes. You will know how to put on your clothes. When you see your clothes, you'll be asking for something else. You say, who put this food here? Just because there's chemical imbalance. You know, so many of us are sitting here today, to the glory of Almighty God, most of us are here, we have never in our life attempted drugs before or tasted drugs before. When we see people that are addicted, we say, wrong choices, and it is true. Wrong choice, but the right choice you made, you were empowered to make it. 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 What we have received. And finally, I will give you thanks. We're indebted to him because of the things he has restored and he will still restore. Whatever has happened to us in life today, it is not the end, but it could be the end. I'm going to say that again. Whatever bad thing has happened to you, whatever thing, challenging thing that happened to you today, it's not your end of your story, but it could easily be the end of your story. The way to knock on the door of a new chapter is to give God thanks in spite of where you are. You've lost this, you lost this, you lost that. That could easily be the end of your story. God is waiting for you to say, the way you are going to enter into another gate is with thanksgiving. To say, okay, you lost this, you lost this, you lost this, you lost that. Then what are you going to do? If you get to that point like the children of Israel did, we lost this, look at what happened to us in Egypt, all the things we were eating in Egypt, and so on and so forth. It's better for us to have just served the Egyptians than to die in this wilderness, and so on and so forth. And God said, that's all right. That's all right. I'm going to leave you. I'll start working with your children. And God left all of them. All of them died in that wilderness. Because they could not thank God for the manner they were eating and knock on the door of the promised land. You've lost a lot of money in this pandemic. You've lost opportunities in this pandemic. Maybe you're, you know, you're out there watching this today. You're a business person. You've lost a lot of opportunities in this time. That's okay. That's a fact. It's painful. It hurts. But that's not the end of your story. If only in the midst of that situation, you will thank God. We've all lost one thing or the other. But if in the midst of that situation, you will find reason to see, say, ah, Father, if I've lost anything at all, you're the reason why I've not lost everything. Then God can say, all right, I hear somebody knocking on the door for a new beginning. I hear somebody knocking on the door, okay, for a new season. Let's open the door to restoration for the best name. God has said, I will restore the years. It doesn't matter how many years this thing goes on and that you have lost. God says, I will restore the years that the kanker worm has eaten. If only my people are going to be thanking me and praising me. You don't know how much God loves you that he has kept you. The fact that you are alive means you are still in the game. People don't even value life anymore. They wake up in the morning, open the refrigerator. Where's the butter? Uh, I finished it yesterday. Your son, that's your son answering now. And you didn't tell me. Look, I take the, the empty uh, plastic of the butter, put it, on, put it on the kitchen table. I've told you guys, you should be telling me before all things. Now, there's no butter to eat my bread. Seriously? That's not reason for conflagration. I'm not saying you should not express yourself and say, you know, this should not be done. Let's have proper inventory and have order in this house. That's great. But friend, don't burn down the whole house because there's no butter. Eat the bread and drink water and be thankful. We've made very little things a big deal. We've made very little things, we've made it a big deal. Burn down the, bang the thing of butter. This is nonsense. I cannot understand this. You know I don't eat my bread without butter. It's, it's God's fault. No, you know, you know, there are some people that don't have saliva. I studied pharmacy, so I know. There are some people that go to the hospital, their problem is that they don't salivate. 
they have very dry mouth. They don't salivate. This thing called saliva has glands that triggers it. They don't have saliva glands. They don't. That's just where they are born. They don't salivate. So you that you're salivating, say, ah, I'm hungry. Just so we don't have all of these things. They don't know that they're hungry. <laughs> Some people don't have saliva glands. They don't have saliva glands. They taught me in pharmacy school that digestion starts from the mouth to the saliva glands. Some people don't have that. They can't feel the taste of food. Aren't you glad God has helped you to get to where you are today? <laughs> Friends, let's have the right perspective. As we move towards the end of the year, people tend to get depressed. You look at your friend, my friend here now, he's just bought a house, $1.5 million. You know, and I remember when I went to pick him up from the airport to bring him to Canada, I bought him in his first jacket in this Canada. I was even the one I did his resume for him. Now, I don't know, he got a good job, things and things are working for him. He just bought the house. One, I said 1.5 million, are you not hearing me? And he told me, put down a down payment of $300,000. Look at me, I've been here all this while. If you shake me, move me, I can't come out with 300000 Please, please, don't, don't, don't get up. It's one thing to reflect and say, I could do better. Don't let it lead to the point of depression whereby you're angry against God. Stand on your feet like a champion. I want you to take a minute, reflect. Some seconds. Reflect. Reflect on the fact that all things have said redemption. God has rescued you. You know, God has blessed you. You've received some things. God has said he's going to restore. You've seen the hand of God in time past. If you did anything before, you can still do it again. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 says, we are bound to give God thanks. That's a legal word. You are legally obligated. I am legally obligated to give God thanks. I had one man of God put it this way. When you pray, God gives you things. When you give him thanks, he helps you keep what he has given you. Oh, this my child is not this. Oh, this my son is not this. This my this is not that. But you have them. So my own problem is I don't have fruit of the womb. I don't have a child. I don't have a child. But you have a husband, you have a wife. Enjoy this fleeting life. It's because it's very fleeting. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. A lot of people that are better than you, better than me. Okay? Spiritually, academically, in every area, they work harder and all of that. So, I've not even been on holiday with my husband for a long time. You know, you can go on holiday with your husband and fight to come back. You won't enjoy the holiday. <laughs> these, are, these are true life stories. These are true life things. You can go on holiday and end up in the hospital. These are true life things. It's, I'm, not, I'm not scaring you. I'm just saying that let's have the right perspective. And you know, let me say something to you as, 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 as we give God thanks in a few minutes. There is one key thing that will not allow people that seemingly they've been lifted by God not to give God extravagant things. It's pride. When you, in your heart of heart, I'm not talking of just, okay, let's, since that's what they're saying, you do, just, just, in your heart of heart, something is still telling you that you are the reason why you are where you are. You have not come to the point where you genuinely know that if not for God, you wouldn't have been lifted this much. Friends, do you know how many people are rooting for your failure? I heard Pastor Deboye, General Vasya, say on Thursday, three days ago, on Thursday, at the Holy Ghost Congress, that when he became General Vasya, there were people, these were people inside the church, these were people in the leadership of the church. And according to him, he said, it doesn't matter anymore, you can say it now. They were rooting for him to fail. They were determined for him to fail. 
Thursday, just this Thursday, three days ago, at the Holy Ghost Conference. Do you know how many people are rooting for your failure? Waiting for you to come and share bad news. Waiting to, for your wife to say, to ask this, why is he? He's ah, hanging in balance, oh, it's 50 50. Do you know how many people are waiting for you to say, ah, how's your, how's your, how's your wife? Because you say, oh, she's this and that. How many people are waiting for you to say bad news? People are waiting to hear bad news. Sometimes they go talk, I was reminding Topsy about four or five years ago. We're staying in Milton there. Topsy had a dream. And in the dream, she saw this woman. The woman came and brought a fire. You know, like you take a fire bomb, you know, like you put this Kalashnikov, uh, I forgot what you call it, put you know, gasoline in a bottle and lit it up, right? And throw it. And she put it in the bottle on the street, on the street and threw it through our bedroom window in the dream. And it fell into our bedroom. And when it fell into our bedroom, the natural thing was ready to explode and fire cut the out. But it fell into the bedroom and all of a sudden, it became Christmas light decoration. You know, Christmas light decoration. So, when we were driving home yesterday, as we got to our house, we saw the Christmas light decoration on, on, on the house. So, looking so beautiful, by the way. So I said to Tobias, I said, Car! I remember that story. I said, what that woman meant for evil. I said, by now, you and I will not be together again. Fire will have burst forth in the marriage, will have been things used to have happened that would have been angry at each other, things would have happened. I said, but look how God turned into pleasure. And that's the one you saw. How many people are waiting to hear bad news? Some people are deeply resentful. Not only that you're still alive, that you're moving forward in life. They're very angry. The Bible says, Jesus, God said that. He said, the wicked will gnash their teeth. They're angry. Say, oh, what's wrong with him? Oh, what's wrong with her? Oh, look at him. That man is built another house. What's even the issue? What's the what's this problem? They saw the man giving pastor the keys. Say, pastor, please. Uh, to God be glory. Please help us dedicate this. So, what's this? Is it only him? No, nah, it's only him. Well, God knows what they're doing. Some people are deeply angry. They are waiting for the day when at least there should be one bad news. But they will wait forever. They will never hear the bad news. I said they will wait forever. They will never hear the bad news. For the very simple reason that you are not the one that brought yourself to this point. God Almighty lifted you up and he will keep you. Not only will he keep you, it will increase you. Can I hear an amen from somebody? This is the end of the message. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more information, please visit our website at www.houseofpraise.ca. God bless you.